HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network since 2009. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hi, welcome to Saved by the Blinnie, the podcast. Uh, my name is John DeBerry, and I am super excited to share this series of interviews with everybody here and very grateful that Heritage Radio Network uh, is gracious enough to give me the space to uh, to do these interviews. Um, I wanted to do this podcast uh, because I had such a good time uh, writing my, my cocktail book, Saved by the Bellini, which, um, you know, it's you know, putting the piece together. It's a cocktail book that's, written, that's about the 90s. Saved by the Bellini is a reference to Saved by the Bell, and a Bellini is obviously a cocktail. Um, and so it was just a really, really fun book, and there were a lot of very kind of disparate influences and people who had a hand in making this book what it is, whether the, that was a direct hand or sort of more indirect. Uh, and so I wanted to see if I could tie some of that all together and, and make a, a little, a little bunch of a bunch of interviews, a little, a little mini series, uh, to give people a peek into how a book gets made, how this book got made, you know how, you know how I became a bartender, and you know those people who had an influence on me. So, you know we're going to interview interview people like my former boss and longtime mentor Jim Meehan, who was you know, in charge of PDT for many years, and he's he's also written a bunch of cocktail books. Um, and it's a tremendous influence on you know pretty much everybody in the industry. And then also, but then skipping around to people like Brian Raftery, who is this really cool film journalist, and he wrote a book about 1989 as a this spectacular watershed year in cinema, and it was one of the reasons why I identified the 90s as a really compelling thing to write about. Um, but this first interview is going to be with Clara Kirkpatrick, who was the illustrator. Um, uh, for Saved by the Bellini, and her, um, you know, this is obviously a podcast, so you can't see it, but her visual style is extremely just it's it just screams 90s, it screams like Daria, Beavis and Butthead, Memphis kind of style. And the 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 approach that she took to this book was just, I think, what really made this book so special. And I got so lucky to be able to work with her, and then lucky that she was gracious enough to come into the studio and chat with me about her process and everything. And uh, so I hope you'll you'll enjoy this interview. And thanks for listening. Cheers. We're here with Clara Kirkpatrick, the illustrator of Saved by the Bellini. Thank you so much for coming here to talk to me about this book that we Thank both worked on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so 
I don't really know where to begin. I feel like I have so many questions for you. Like we only met for the first time like three days ago, like in it's actual crazy. in person. Yeah. Uh, which is sounds crazy, but it's just that's the way books get made. Yeah. Um, true. I would before getting specifically into the book and you know how we work together and all of that. I'm just so curious to hear about like what got you into um, illustrating. Like, tell me about yeah. all of that. In a so. Yeah, sure. So I grew up um, in the city. I grew up on 14th Street, and my parents are both super... Well, my mom's a painter. She's an artist fully, just like a fine artist, which you don't really meet those that often these days. Mm. But um, she is a teacher at... She is a professor at SBA. Um, And so I kind of grew up always drawing. That was my favorite thing to do from like day one um and my dad's a writer so I had a very like creative childhood just growing up as an only child on 14th street kind of a wild kind of a wild childhood maybe but um, yeah no it was cool (laughs) it was really cool and I think um what's funny though is that my parents were really adamant that I not be an artist and like or they weren't they didn't say I couldn't be an artist but They said they wanted me to, like, fully, you know, go to college, study something academic, and then make my decision, or whatever, then go from there. (laughs) So I was never allowed to study, you know, they were like, we're paying all this money for you to go to college, you're not going to go to some, like, really good college and then study art at, like, a shitty art department, not to be mean, but that's that's just the truth. So... Then I, yeah, so I went, um, undergrad, I studied art history. I went to Grinnell college, which is in Iowa, but it's like a super good school. I loved it. But then when I left, I found myself just not really wanting to be, I don't know, what do you do with an art history degree? You either, you know, you go into academia or you work in like a museum or you do curatorial. I don't know. There's lots of paths, Mm -hmm. but it just wasn't me. It wasn't right. Um, and so then I went and I worked at a PR firm and I would draw at my desk all day long. I was the worst employee (laughs) ever, like ever, ever, ever. But I worked there for like three years and I would, I would basically draw all day long, seriously. And I would go home and I would draw and I would just, I don't know. And then, and I just like really wasn't finding my groove Mm -hmm. but at this point I was I mean I was so young it wasn't like a big deal that I hadn't but and then all of a sudden one day it just sort of hit me I was in a really I don't know I was I felt like I was in a rut but then it just hit me that I really needed to go back to school for illustration so because that was the one like constant through my life I mean in high school people called me art girl so I feel like I've always had that identity but it just sort of I didn't know how to make a career out of it or whatever that means. Uh, I don't know how to do that still, but it's, you know, it's coming together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say I would say it is. Yeah I'd, yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good segue to talking about this actual uh, project that we both worked on. Um, my book, Save by the Bellini, out now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have to plug it. Uh, and we, we basically... We basically found each other through like mutual friends through Grant. Yeah. Uh, and um, wh- when you first heard about the idea of doing a book that, 
I don't even know how this was even presented to you, honestly, but like when someone says to you, like, hey, do you want to illustrate a cocktail book about the 90s? Like, what does, what did that do? (laughs) I mean, immediately, yes. (laughs) Definitely immediately, yes, because it sounded so fun. Um, I think Amanda said something to me like, I have the most fun project ever. Amanda, who's who's my editor, who I'm going to be, who's also going to be on this podcast. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. It was like a very sort of like short email with very little detail, but I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't have to give it much thought, but um, yeah. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad that it resonated with you. And do you... um, was is the '90s something that you uh, think a lot about, or have fond, or bad, or whatever? Feel some kind of way about like what? What is your personal relationship to this decade? For sure, I think I revealed the other night, definitely to Amanda, that I was born in '92. Okay. So I missed two years of the '90s, but I for sure identify <laughs> with the '90s. I mean, all the things in the book. I knew of and loved or, you know, came on the tail end of for some of them. But I mean, for example, like a Tamagotchi egg. Right. Definitely live for those. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at the cover of the book right now and I see that and I was like, oh, yeah, I would not stop playing with those for years. But I love the 90s. I mean, yeah, living in New York City in the 90s was kind of crazy. Uh, It's a lot different now. But yeah. I had very fond memories of the 90s. Yeah, it's almost like it's interesting to think about, like, um, you know, because you're born in 92, I was born in 82. So it's like almost like having, it's like the fact that there was not a ton of, like, baggage, so to speak, maybe might have made your ability to draw it more kind of like, I don't know. That's true. It's a deeper memory, and it's more like based on things I've seen since then in a certain way too. Maybe right, I don't like there's know. some bias of like, yo, know, I lived through this, so yeah. I'm going to draw this some certain way or, or totally. kind of t- put put a spin on it. Which I guess is sort of your job. You know, you were meant, definitely meant to put a put your own artistic spin on, on this for sure. Um, and I think that the you know when I was looking through, you know, when we were looking for illustrators and we were looking through, uh, you know, various you know Instagrams and people and you know, there was definitely, it, it felt like there was like a, an aesthetic that is rooted in large, in some part by like kind of this sort of For 90s sure. cartoony, vaguely Memphis-y totally. kind of style. Where did you, where did you develop that? Cause it was, it's very like real, like it's, it's very noticeable. Like you can tell yeah. like your, like your, your artistic style is very. It definitely has to do with growing up watching TV in the nineties. I okay. think, <laughs> I think, um, I don't I don't know exactly what years Arthur was on. I mean, I don't know. Like oh, when gosh. but Arthur was like one of my favorites and actually it's really funny looking at it now because there's so much about Arthur that really influences me just like in the line work and the colors. Mm. Um Sailor Moon was super influential to me. Uh I would say Hey Arnold played a large role in my child. I it was just my favorite one of my favorite shows. And then just, yeah, all the cartoons, absorbing it all, and sort of that same style of using... It's it's a comic style, really, ultimately, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, more stylized and less, like, you know, realist figures and everything. But um, 
it's basically, you know, like line art filled with color. I mean, I basically make my own coloring book when I work. That's sort of mm. almost how I would describe my process. Cool. Actually, it was, that was my next question is like, can you just like as n- nerdily and technically as, as possible, like sure. what is your what is your process? Like when you're you know, given an assignment or you're like, oh, I want to draw this. Like, how does that go from being yeah. nothing to being a full blown illustration? So another thing that definitely stems from the 90s, too, is like I'm obsessed with the texture of like marker and pen. And I think that Mm. goes back to like the days of, you know, just sitting there scribbling. Mr. Sketch. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I think all my so all my drawings start with first I pencil the sketch and then they all started. These are all done with like a pretty thick or not not that thick, actually, but. Um, a pen, a marker, a Japanese marker that is like, you know, and what's funny is I keep like a whole stock of them and I only use them until, or I use them when they're like running out. I like prefer a little bit of dryness. So you'll see in certain areas, you can see that it's sort of slightly running out. And I think that just gives it character because there's so many, there's so many illustrators these days that are just strictly digital. And I think Working digitally gives you so much flexibility, and I I would never give that up entirely, but I love starting with a marker. Um, I noticed if you look at the, um, the, which one was it? God, I I just looked this morning, and I could see, like, the sketchiness of the marker. I think it was um, the Nerf, the Nerf. The Balzuka? Balzuka, yeah. Yeah. You can see, like, on the bottom of the glass, there's, like, in a good, in a way that I, I strive. I like that. I, I like a little bit of that sort of sketchiness. But, yeah, so what I do is I draw it with a pencil. Then I go over and make any edits. And, exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I go um, in with a pen, this marker, and then I scan it to Photoshop, mm-hmm. adjust it. I use a technique that basically allows me to put all my line work on the top layer on Photoshop. So basically creating myself a digital coloring book. Got it. And then I go beneath it and I color and I have, and the reason I color digitally is because I have access to every color, Mm -hmm. but I keep it really simple. And another thing that makes it look more nineties probably is that all my colors are, I kind of keep it pretty flat. I do a little bit of shading, a little bit of like contouring, but that's another thing about kind of 90s style cartoons is that they were just like these flat, poppy areas of color that I think, um, I mean, within reason, there's highlights and everything. Right. But Very yeah, but juicy, like stylized highlights. And then... It is juicy. Yeah. I try to keep it juicy looking. Yeah. I find that when people pick up the book, they are like, oh, this feels very like soft. And I'm like, I don't think it actually is like the texture of the physical book. I think it's actually like the way that the art is landing like Mm. it's like a juicy yeah like kind of generous and fun yeah Yeah, i like i like drawings to feel alive yeah that i think that especially with this topic which is so fun and wild and you know in a certain way for an illustrator it's like a real dream project because it's so creative and there's and it's the references are so fun that (laughs) there's no way for it to be dull it almost looks like it's like um a still from like um, 
hopefully this is not like an unflattering comparison, but like Beavis and Butthead or like totally or like Daria, where there's like the lines are yes. always like quivering or like what is it? Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, line the, boil. The critic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. No, that's completely, totally on the spot. I mean, Beavis and Butthead. It's it all stems from and even like um, Doug. Yeah, I was gonna say love Doug. Doug. Yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm blanking on all of my influences, but these are all. <laughs> Definitely. And that's what it's called. It's called line boil. Well, line boils when in anime. Oh, well, I don't even know. It's in stop motion animation when the line just quivers and goes back and forth. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's called that. The technique I know is called line boil, and that's like my favorite style of like very simple animation. I love that. Yeah. Line boil. Yeah, line boil. <laughs> um, so going maybe I'm curious more about like some some like. Uh, like overt kind of influences like in your uh as in your style like are there any artists or um either visual or otherwise like that you're really just like that you've been drawing on for your whole career um that like you that you think really shaped like kind of who you are totally i think um i always loved r crumb and i know he's Mm. totally like crazy person and I don't necessarily like back his like life philosophy I mean I don't know he's pretty sexist but um and he's you know he's like problematic in certain ways but his drawing style is like super cool very recognizable yeah very recognizable um I definitely grew up loving him oh another huge influence for me Archie like I collected uh-huh. Archie. I put them in these like laminated folders, and I had like tons. I had binders and binders full of Archie. So for me, that's another. It's funny now again looking back at all these and seeing like, you know, that I really do draw in a way that's so influenced by Archie. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, truthfully, I think my mom. She has a very sort of like cartoony pop style at times um and so there's no way I could say that she didn't influence me I'm trying to think of other people not not necessarily always purposefully either right you know um I know we talked about Lisa Frank in the beginning Mm -hmm. I always had Lisa Frank folders I feel like my drawings aren't quite as like wild or like I don't know I mean the color I would like to think in general the colors are slightly more toned down than that, but they definitely feel wild at times, like hers do. Yeah, the the, the illustration for the kitty highball, oh which is yeah, the, which is the Claire's. Totally, um, it definitely has a Lisa Frank feeling. But yeah, yeah, there's a there's a certain like um, not pastel, but like a certain um, relative like muting of the Lisa Frank aesthetic, where it's right. like not quite as like saturated. Yeah, it's like it's a little more like garish and saturated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but um. Yeah, I, I think I think she definitely. I always had the folders. I'm trying to think what else. A lot of things I definitely absorbed and don't even necessarily know that are influences for me. So. So we're gonna take. I want to ask you about some like individual uh, pieces of of artwork from the book, but we're gonna take a tiny little break and then we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. 
HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City, Long Island, and Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Okay, and we are back with Clara Kirkpatrick, the illustrator for Saved by the Bellini, uh, my book. And I am so curious to hear about some of like maybe your your favorites, or maybe like maybe like something that was like more daunting, or your least favorite, or whatever. Totally. Uh, just like some highlights for you from of your work from the book that you want to talk about. Totally, I'm trying to think. Um, well, for me, one thing I always struggle with is, especially once you get into the groove of a style, mm. um, you know, and I think style is something that comes both naturally and not naturally, of course, it, and it does slightly depend on the project I'm working on. Um, so, you know, the way I may sit down and draw like a cartoon is slightly different from how I approach this book, but I think um, giving all of the drinks this like person what, what's it called um what's it called when you give something like like an object oh a, you anthropomorphize anthropomorphizing yes. the drinks was um definitely a really good like entry point and approach to sort of the whole thing and that was your idea it was i forget which was oh it? it was i feel like early on <laughs> ian mentioned that you liked the idea of i, I think or maybe Ian, I don't know. If it's know. a good idea, then it was definitely It was mine. definitely yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think maybe maybe I started with like, one of them was like, Oat So Quiet was one of the first ones. And then that sort of style of having the drinks just be these like fun, funky things with arms and legs a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, was a good like, A, entry point and B, like establishing that this was going to be like really fun, cartoony and just like go for it. Oh, that's so um, interesting. Because like for... You know, for those of you who are not familiar with the book, there's a it's oat so quiet, which is an oat milk cocktail that's based on the Bjork, really based on the Bjork music video, which was directed by Spike Jones. And in the music video, there's like all of these like it's like Bjork like dancing through a car dealership basically, and at a certain point like columns and post office boxes just come to life. Um, and I think I had I actually spent a lot of time like trying to get the screenshots of that right so I could send it to you properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's just it's cool to think about that as then informing the rest of the book because I don't know if I actually maybe explicitly was like oh I want these drinks to all have arms and legs but yeah no a lot of I these know. drinks do have arms and legs they do no I think what happened is the po yeah like the mailbox had the arms and legs and then it was like let's just give them all let's just give them all arms and <laughs> let's legs. go for it. And maybe that was maybe that was in my conversations with Ian. I don't know, but it, then it sort of was like a nice way to begin. Um, and then I would say, in general, like my main issue overall as an illustrator is often like I don't exactly know how to approach um, 
portraits of people or like mm. specific yeah specific people are really difficult once you're like already in a cartoony style that's like quite um stylized and loose it's sort of hard to then give somebody a likeness without like I don't know. You want to like do it them give them you want to give them the character I I don't know. Like it's one or the other. It's one or the other and it's tough to find sort of a middle ground which it definitely took I mean there are there it's all cartoony and then I think and that's that's how it should be I think but um yeah I think that was one difficulty for me in general but I don't know. I, I mean, some of my favorites, I I think I, I was looking through them recently. I love the Macarena one, which is yeah. just, like, so fun. <laughs> um, and just, like, obviously is, like, stuck in my head now for, for forever. Yeah. Um, and then, what else? I really, I love the, oh, yeah, I, I love the um, Capri Sun one. Mm-hmm. The dancing Capri Sun. It's just fun to go back to all the, all the snacks that I used to, you know. Yeah. All of that, but it's funny because <laughs> I wasn't really ever allowed to have any of those snacks. My Same. parents never got me any of those snacks. Yeah, this is like the book was a lot of it's like sort of like retconning my childhood and. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, like I actually ate sugar cereal. No, I didn't. Like, yeah. I, I had it was fruit. like once in a bloom. Yeah. Like I had fruity pebbles when I was like for the first time when I was like 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and those are excellent. But yeah, no, I was like, so not allowed. I'm trying to think what else like, yeah. And like snack. Well, I mean, it is really funny. Cause like as an adult, those are things that I find myself like wanting and craving. But as a kid, I know I wasn't, I didn't even care that I couldn't eat them really. I was just oh, I like, cared so much. You did. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I tried, I like was so manipulative with my parents. Like I, I, I like was looked up the, the ingredients for fruit roll-ups and I'm like, oh, it's pear puree. I'm like, mom, look, <laughs> yeah. it's like fruit. There's fiber. And it worked <laughs> oh for God. a little bit. Like it, I, it didn't, I it didn't go all the way, but I, I couldn't She's get like, like, good argument. <laughs> I couldn't get, yeah, she was like, <laughs> she was like, all right, you got me. I, I wanted to ask you about the illustration for the Barbie girl. Um, oh, yeah. Drink like where? Because in you know, since this is a podcast, uh, the illustration is a a blonde woman uh, driving a pink car, and there's behind her is this sort of like Potemkin village, like billboard uh, yeah. depictions of like a house and like a the cocktail, obviously, and then a palm tree. Like, I don't think I I don't think I gave you much in the way of like, oh, I want this to look like that. Like, you know, I wasn't super explicit. I think I probably sent you a few stills from the music video, and yeah. then I, picture of the drink yeah where did this Potemkin village like you know fake you know obvious fake kind of thing come from like I just think that was so brilliant this one was one that had multiple versions for sure because some of them like I did them and it was like great it's done but some of them had like multiple you know and maybe not not even ones that you'd seen I'm not sure but I don't know yeah um, I think it probably I think it was Ian's idea to have those pieces in the background be like obviously props I could be wrong but we definitely had some conversations about that one specifically definitely looking heavily at the music video mm-hmm. and making sure that like you know the colors and the flowers like I'm pretty sure they drive like through you know a, a neighborhood and yeah. there's like grass and like pink flowers and it's like very I think I changed yeah, yeah exactly and I think I did you know change things to some degree but 
Um, I don't know. Yeah. It, it is funny. A lot of times when people ask me, like, how... I, and I will say, in this whole project, like, the combination of the writing being so easy to draw from and so easy to visualize, because it was so fun, and then having Ian there, to who's the art, art director, to sort of just, like bounce ideas back and forth yeah. with and he just like so got it and I we just like spoke the same language and but in general what's funny for me is that I don't necessarily usually plan out what I do at all it just sort of goes mm. um, and I think that's because my brain really works best uh, when I'm drawing it's I, I have a harder time you know formulating an idea verbally than I definitely than I do either written or on, you know, in a drawing. Right. So you're not going to say like, okay, I'm going to draw this thing and type out a paragraph. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, usually I think at this point, what's easier is I've done so much illustrating at this point that my brain goes, how would I do this the most successfully? I think we need to have a car at this angle. I would like to have like the character look like this hair flying. Like there are just certain things I know I always want to have, or that I think give it a fun, like, successful I don't know yeah yeah so I was, I was actually curious about like um, like how long these things take you because it's like I could see like based on this conversation and just assuming like this the process is like like some to just like and you're yeah. just done and others you're like really totally. struggling and I also I'm trying to remember like I, I don't think I really like had much in the way of edits when I no, you I saw, did. I was like, oh, maybe let's move this here. Yeah. But it wasn't like, oh, that's totally not no. what I'm looking for. Like, it was it's like true. very, very marginal. And I think that also maybe made me feel more confident too throughout the whole thing because, like, some of the first ones I sent had very few edits and I was like, okay, so I'm getting it. And yeah. then I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> <Phew>. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but um, I think um, in, it depends on the drawing. Some of them took me like, a long time and then like some of them took me like less than an hour wow. I mean no I wouldn't say less than an hour but like to draw to like actually do the line work of for example the um, chasing waterfalls mm-hmm. one I think it took me probably 30 minutes to to the marker I'm also like crazy fast mm-hmm. I can and I can be too fast yeah, you were very fast and though. it's something that I have to like work on because sometimes I do something and I'm like it's done it's perfect and now I need to post it on Instagram and then I'm like wait let me just take a breath like do I even like this like I like executed this whole thing it's almost like a contest with myself but it is an important skill to have as an illustrator to be able to go fast that's for sure because yeah. like with editorial stuff sometimes you have like two hours whatever wow. so it's it can be fast um Sometimes if you don't reply to the email asking you about a job, like I had the New York Times ask me about a job once and I didn't reply to the email right away. And she was like, I'm so sorry. We already gave it to someone else. Because wow. in the like meantime, and I was like, damn it. Wow. But um, these things happen. There'll be another. But, you know, this, yeah. So I would say some of them were super fast. Mm-hmm. And then like the green, the dookie inspired the green day one. I mean that was a really detailed illustration. Yeah. Like, like you did a really good job. Thanks. <laughs> like, like the it almost like reminds me so the Green Day Dookie is a is an album from the nineties that I wrote about. Um and there's this the the cover of the album is almost like a Where's Where's Waldo. It's so good too. Yeah. I, I was like lost looking at it. I love the original <laughs> like it's whoever I forget the name of the artist's name is on the corner. 
um, of the original one, and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it, it it's definitely lend it, the poster lended itself to my style pretty nicely. Like yeah. it wasn't that hard of a transition to sort of draw from it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that one took longer just because there were so many little little guys, little, little guys, little, little guys. dogs. Little dogs, dogs smoking weed, yeah, <laughs> or smoking something. Yeah. When you, so I'm curious, like when you did this illustration, for instance, where it's like a lot of small pieces and uh, you know placed, you know, very tightly. Do you actually create like the individual drawing and then you like throw it in, or is it all kind of part of the same? It's work? all one. Okay. So it's like the nice thing is I draw it with pencil, and that's where I'm like moving things around, figuring mm. out the composition. Then I go over it in pen, and I always make tons of mistakes in the pen layer, but I'm not too precious with it, because huh. then I just scan it, I can delete anything, and I can go in and add with a pen digitally, and you wouldn't know that that part is like digital pen right. and the other part. So I usually, that's how I, that's how I work. So, but no, it's all one. Like if you look at, I was actually just looking through the drawings for this book. They're all just marker in one page and in certain cases I'll do the front element and the background separately mm. so like some of the ones that are like a, a cocktail in the front and the background is something separate going on that will be two separate drawings but for the most part it's like one unified composition and I do it on eight and a half by eleven printer paper I, wow. that's what I like that's what I like to use it's that's just so easier is that like is that unique or is that I don't know if it's unique yeah. or not. I do think so, certain people are every every illustrator is very specific about their materials sure. and they usually use the same thing over and over and it's oftentimes nothing special, but it's just what gives it's them the right quality. Yeah. Like for me, I find like printer paper has the best amount of texture and give to it, so it's like it lets and the, it works just best with the materials I like. This is like such a particular question, but I'm, I'm, I'm just craving asking it. Do you have one, is it one piece of, cause I'm, I'm very particular about the kind of like how much give like the surface I'm writing on. Has. 100%. Is it like one piece of printer paper on like wood or is it like a stack of printer paper? Like it's what is that? It's a stack of printer paper, <laughs> a stack of printer paper on like a book. Like I always, and it's really funny. I guess what's really ironic about it is it goes back to the days of like me being a kid and watching TV and taking one of my parents' big books, like an art book, and I would take the book and I would put a stack of printer paper on it and then I would get a pen, get a pencil, get an eraser and that's all. And then I would like, sit in front of the TV for hours just drawing. And that's exactly how I still work. Wow. And if I'm really working hard on a deadline, sometimes I have TV playing. Depends on what I'm doing. Hmm. But yeah. <laughs> So it's sort of like kind of funny. I never really thought about that, but it it is just like how I'm most comfortable working. That's so cool. I love that. Um, I'm also curious about your your Instagram handle because your Instagram is great, but Doodle Deli. Yeah. It's Doodle underscore Deli, yep. right? Everyone check it out. What is, uh, how'd you get that name? So it's funny. I I don't know how I came up with the name exactly. I came up with it when I was... At SVA, I was in grad school, and it was, like, my first... I, I had been posting drawings on my personal Instagram a little bit, and then I was like, nobody wants to see these. Or if they do, they want to, like, have it be a separate experience. Right. I don't know. At the time, I was 
like a lot more experimental. I was more of what I would call like just like a someone who likes to draw than an illustrator. I really do feel like I have put in thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of like drawing and it has made such a difference in like it's just crazy like how much you can change and how much you can grow as uh, as an artist in like if you just put in time. I really do just believe doing that. It. Yeah, yeah, I mean I think it starts with like a desire and like a, I'm sure some degree of like skill or whatever, but like, or even just an interest. But I do feel like I have put in like all that time. But basically, when I was at SVA, I created this handle. It just sort of like I was like rhyming things with doodle. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. And then I was like Delhi because I'm like a New Yorker and I love that like. Works. And I would, at the time I did tons, I always loved drawing food. So it's always been mm. sort of a thing. I did, I did a zine in grad school at Katz's and I did all these like little things. So it totally just like aligned. And then it was funny, a professor of mine, he told everyone, if you have an Instagram that has something that's other than your name, like you should really delete it and get rid of it because huh. it's like just not professional. It's just not going to work. And then he like went around the room and he was going to people and saying like, what's your Instagram? Let's see, like, should we make it your name? Like, let's fix this. Wow. And then he got to mine and he was like, keep that. It's funny. He was like, I love it. Doodle deli, doodle deli. You can't forget it. I was like, okay, sure. That's so funny. So I kept it, but it is kind of funny because sometimes I'm like, when I'm in this like magazine, it says my name, but it's fine. It's it, you can find me if you search my name as well. Right, your Instagram yeah. is like Clark yeah. Patrick. It's yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the the alias or the handle so is Doodle it. Deli. Yeah, I have the same. I actually have the same thing where it's like I feel like my Instagram uh, handle is JND three thousand one, which is sort of a riff on my college email, which was JND two thousand one. Love as being like too esoteric, and I should just change it to like John DeBerry. No, then but it's like, you if know you search what? your name, it still comes up. Then it's yeah. like, you know what? Like, they can I find like, me. Yeah, exactly. I like it. <laughs> they can find me. Uh, and also just, wow, this, the concept, not to feel old, but like the idea of a college professor or a, a university professor going around and like evaluating your Instagram handle. Like, I know. It is weird. Yeah. Like, rock and my day, we didn't have no. Instagram. Yeah. No, I mean, true. I didn't have it in college, but in grad school. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is funny. I agree. But, but he, I guess that's part of like if you're training people on how to be artists, totally. like it's. I mean, SBA was great I, it, in that way. Yeah, I it was right around when Instagram was like he. I mean, Instagram has changed everything for illustrators because like my portfolio is just there, and a lot of times I'll do a job and I'll ask. I always like to ask like, "How'd you find me?" Just curious. Right. And almost always they say Instagram or like I saw you and whatever. But I think everything really. It helps me a lot. Yeah, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah, Instagram yeah, sure. is not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, where does your um, where does your work sh other than my my book, uh, where does <laughs> or our book? I feel like people are. I feel like whenever anyone's like, your book is so good, and I'm like, it's probably because of the illustrations. So like, you should just really <laughs> consider no. this to be Clara's book. Um, aside from the book, where does uh, where does your work usually show up? Yeah, so I do a combo of things. I do a lot of editorial work. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I feel like I'm most comfortable and sort of like my style lens. But it's what, is that, what does that mean, editorial work? So like, like in magazines and newspapers. Like someone will come to you and say, hey, we're trying to illustrate this piece. Exactly, yeah. 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 So I just did a piece for the LA Times. Oh, cool. Um, and it was like really fun. I, I had a lot of liberty with that one and I just sort of like 
drew a mom in a convertible and a girl. I don't know. It was very <laughs> me. It was fun. Um, and ironically, I was in L.A. in the moment when they asked me. It was really weird. Huh. I was just like, okay, sure. Um, but, yeah, so I do a lot of, like, print stuff. But then... Um, that's not really a good way to pay the bills at all. Right. It's amazing. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's great for recognition, so it's invaluable for that. But a lot of times, it's not really doing too much for you. So I do a lot of um, work for ad agencies. Mm -hmm. I do branded projects. Cool. Um, a lot of things that are not necessarily always presented even to the world that are internal. Mm. Those are like the most lucrative, honestly, yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, my husband is a director. I do his storyboards, which is really fun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I do that actually quite frequently. Um, and then, you know, uh, I just did a couple more projects for Union Square & Co. Actually, oh, I did a deck of tarot cards that are coming out oh, in cool. the fall that are New York City themed tarot, tarot cards, cards with an amazing tarot right writer yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun and it was kind of cool because i went straight from doing saved by the blini into the tarot card so i was just like steeped in it went through it all <laughs> yeah i have a puzzle coming out oh cool yeah what's the what's the what's on the puzzle the puzzle is people eating in washington square park wow <laughs> Wow. So it's just like you definitely. I feel like you certainly have like an a very recognizable over like your yeah food New York comics yep. yeah totally. And I'm sometimes I'm like maybe I should break out of this a little, but I I love drawing food. Yeah. Um, that's another thing. I do a lot of work for um, like restaurants and. Mm. I do tons of merch as of late, um, just like yeah. for small little small places, bigger places. There's a truck in LA driving around with wrapped in my illustrations, which is fun. It was like a big like a food truck. Yeah, okay. a food truck that's a big. Um, it's chopped cheese. It's just a giant drawing of chopped cheese. Amazing. It's some New Yorkers that started a chopped cheese truck in LA. But yeah, it's all. It's all anything. I pretty much say yes to like anything that sounds fun at this point. Yeah. 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 Which is a nice place to be. It does. It is a nice place to be. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, people Thanks can find you me. at doodle underscore deli on Instagram. Yep. Anywhere else? Yeah. Um, my website is doodledeli.me. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Saved by the Bellini is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.